This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMP CD Sports Podcast presented by Odd Shark. I'm Chad Fisher alongside my co-host, Tony Farmer. What's up, man? Hey, man, I got my 49er jersey on today yeah, man. because we're going to be talking a four-time Super Bowl champion, Jesse Sapolo, and talking a little bit of NFL Week 3 action today. Yeah, he's a good friend of the program. We've had him on uh, already once before when we first started. So it's going to be cool to talk to him now once we got some, now we've got some football. I think last time we talked to him was like February or yeah, something. Yeah, so. for sure. And he had so many good stories last time, didn't he, Chad? Yeah, he told he us that epic Merton Hank story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he told us a story about Roger Craig and Joe Montana calling him on the phone uh, when he was holding out. Mm-hmm. Bitch, when you coming in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm going to ask him today. I'm going to say, hey, Jesse, do you have any more stories for us? And and, and I, I bet he does. Oh, dude, that would be a guy I would love to sit down with, have some beers and just talk some shit, man. He would be just a fountain of information, man. It'd be great. Seriously. Especially once you get a few of a few beers in him, he starts telling you a little bit more stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're super excited about having Jesse on the show. Uh, having him on again, I think we're gonna have him on uh, regularly, hopefully a couple times a year at least to talk some 49ers. Now we got some actual football to talk about, so it's gonna be interesting to get his opinion on the 49ers for, uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season. See what he thinks and what they need to approve upon and everything. For sure, man. Before we get to our uh, interview with Jesse, Chad, can you tell folks a little bit about uh, our favorite lead sponsor here, Odd Shark? Yeah, definitely. The DNP CD Sports Podcast is presented by Odd Shark, and they are your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, the hottest sports news, and detailed matchup picks. Are you looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Well, guess what? Odd Shark has that too, and it's free. In-depth expert analysis, odds, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. They got decades of stats in their databases, and their insiders give you takes so hot they sizzle. <laughs> Your one-stop shop. I got to stop doing <laughs> It keeps getting more dramatic every, say, every before you know, Before you know, I'm just going to do the whole read like this. So they're your one-stop sh- no. they're your one-stop shop for all your odds, info on sports and pop culture events. Want to get a better understanding of the odds and the math behind the numbers, how the line is set, why the lines move during the during the week on the NFL odds list. Odd Shark will give you all the tools you need. They are a proven industry powerhouse. Odd Shark has info from around the globe, giving you the ac- giving you the chance to access the best sports odds on the planet. Whether you want to check out tonight's football odds, this week's hockey or basketball trends, or anything in between. Head on over to Odd Shark and start thinking like a shark today. Uh, go to resource, man. Anytime we pull up our betting segment, we're getting all those numbers from Odd Shark. And you got to go there, man. You got to make sure you're getting the best number. And we practice what we preach here because we're using Odd Shark today yeah. after we talk to Jesse. And when we're talking about the point spreads and the over unders and all that stuff for NFL Week Three, we keep a close tab on Odd Shark because those numbers, as y'all may know out there, they're changing constantly during the week. And if you're a serious better, you need to watch those changes and anticipate those changes. Yeah, definitely, man. And you know, like we said before, the worst thing you could do is hit on a big bet and then realize you could have gotten a better number. You could have made even more money if you went to Odd Shark. Compared and contrast the numbers a little bit. Yeah, that's like buying a brand new big screen TV and thinking you got a good deal on it, and then you walk into you know Best Buy or Home De- or you know Walmart or whatever, and you're like, shit, this same exact TV yeah. for 150 dollars less. I'm gonna be pissed. You're not feeling so good at that point. I'm knocking over some store models right at that point. <laughs> I don't give a shit, you know. But uh, let's go ahead and get Jesse on the show. Our our, uh, our guest today is a four time Super Bowl champion with the San Francisco 49ers. He's played with Joe Montana, Jerry uh, Rice, Steve Young, Deion Sanders, Ronnie Lott. The list goes on and on. He's a two-time Pro Bowler and author of I Gave My Heart to San Francisco. While playing 14 seasons and 23 playoff games with the 49ers, he won the Ed Block Courage Award. 
Uh, he's also a two-time winner of the Bob McKittrick Award, uh, the Gary Niver Award. Please welcome to the DMP CD Sports Podcast, Jesse Sapolu. All right, Jesse, it's been a, a few months since we last talked, and I know as a 49er fan, I have a few extra gray hairs because of uh, the pressure that the 49ers were under in that game against the Lions toward the very end that got a little hairy. <laughs> Woo, that was scary. And then even the Eagles game was, was a bit of a sweat too. What's kind of your overall assessment of the 49ers after these two weeks? Well, I thought uh, I thought we played great in the first, you know, three and a half quarters against Detroit. Uh, you got to look at that. Uh, the shenanigans that happens, you know, the two fumbles and loss of momentum. You know, we were kind of uh, a little careful about injuries, you know, mm. and uh, we kind of took our foot off the pedal a little bit. But uh, you can't blame the coach for doing that or the coaches. But, yeah. Uh, fact that we kind of uh, locked it in, you know, but it, it, those games happen. You hate it to end that way because I was walking around outside the house and then I had to come back in <laughs> when I saw that Detroit was closing the gap a little bit, but <laughs> it happens. You know, what What are the chances, uh, you know, Kittle would fumble up? It was just a perfect bounce that was so hard to handle. Yeah. And then Debo, he doesn't fumble that ball, the game's over, but you know, you got to look at all the good things that Debo does for us, you know, but you learn from those experiences. Uh, yesterday, I think uh, Philly is just a um, better team than they were last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a, a quarterback that's mobile, and I think that gave us some problems. Uh, and I was a little surprised. He threw the deep ball pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, Jimmy wasn't as sharp as he was in Detroit to begin the game. Uh, but this is such a long journey, you know, it, it, from my experiences, you know, great teams win games when they're, when they're not at their best because mm. you got to try to get to 10, 11, 12 wins to get into the playoffs. So uh, we went at our best and uh, we played a team that scored 40 points the week before mm. and came, you know, anytime you can go on the road and, and get two to start the season is a good thing. I'm, I'm more concerned about, uh, coming out of there unscathed. And uh, for the most part, you know, we had uh, some concussions. You know, I, I thought there was a little a dirty hit on, uh, on the rookie that first yeah, came in. Yeah, Sermon. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, kind of a welcoming uh, to the NFL type deal. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Are you surprised that Trey Lance didn't play? Because I was watching the game and at halftime, the halftime interviewer said, I talked to Kyle Shanahan. I asked him if Trey Lance was going to come in. And he said, probably not. And I was kind of surprised because he got a little bit of action. He threw that touchdown past week one. Um, obviously, you know, we're speculating here and you're not talking to Kyle Daly or anything like that. But why do you think he might not bring in uh, Trey Lance for that second game? That was odd to me. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the flow of the game. You know, it, it's not perfect science. Uh, if we came out and, uh, and uh, the rhythm of our offense was better like we did in Detroit, uh, then you can fit in uh, that little bit of that flexibility to mm. change pace. But we were struggling from the beginning. I mean, we, I think our first three drives were three and out. So when you're trying to establish a rhythm offensively and the game is still tough at hand, um, I, I think it's important to stay with the guy that, that you know is going to get the majority of the snaps in this Makes sense. Yeah. Jesse, we're, uh, I'm curious about uh, a guy that's on, uh, playing on the line this year. The 49ers uh, 
Daniel Brunskill. He's a very versatile uh, lineman. He can play multiple positions. What are your thoughts on him playing at a uh, right guard there? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, you got to be thankful to him for, to, uh, you know, for filling those holes. Mm-hmm. Because you remember a couple of years ago, the year we went to the Super Bowl, you know, he had to fill in the first game of the year and it was against the Rams and Aaron Donald, you know, and uh, uh, it's a tough situation. And that's coming from me that moved all over the place too uh, during my career. Uh, but, he, you know, do we want a guy that's uh, uh, just a, a right guard? Uh, yeah, we do. But who knows? He might establish himself as that. Because if you remember my career, I was really a guard. And then when Randy Cross retired, I became a true center. So, mm-hmm. But it takes it takes a few years to really feel that way. But uh, Burns is, is doing a nice job filling in for us. But I think he, as he gets better, he might establish himself as that, that guard. I think so too, man. He he's cheap. He's got a cheap contract. He's versatile, like you said. He saved them by moving a couple a couple times. And I just think this guy's underrated and doesn't get enough appreciation because he's not a household name. And I love that you bring up Aaron Donald because he, in my opinion, he plays above average against Aaron Donald, which is a big deal. I think he gives Aaron Donald trouble considering uh, the fact that he's not match-ups. a household name. Yeah, matchups. Yes, absolutely, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I think we got to be appreciative of the young man. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that he establishes a position because he deserves it. Mm. Um, but in time, I think if he keeps playing and fights, uh, he, he will establish that. It's important to have guys like that on the line, though, isn't it? You Every year now, you, with all the injuries and everything like that, you got to have a couple guys, two or three guys that can swing and play multiple positions, and that's invaluable to a team that has championship aspirations, right? It is. It is. And, uh, you know, you, you would love to have guys that are established at their position and that's all they concentrate on. But the, the, the guys that are able to fill in and fill in uh, with a quality performance is what separates teams that, uh, you know, you, you've seen teams that go 14 and two and then injuries happen, you know, in the 15th game of the year. And they're not the same in the playoffs. In the playoffs, is single elimination. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't afford to lose. And you wonder why those teams lose. Well, they lose because they have an injury. And they can't find someone to fill in, uh, you know, during tournament time. So, yeah, those it was tough for me because I, I was establishing myself as a starter at one position. But if I needed to move, you know, it's all about the team. Mm-hmm. Jesse, something that wasn't around when you were playing was pro football focus. You know, you can turn on a game now and they're introducing the players and you'll see their PFF rank underneath their names. And it's kind of controversial. I've heard some people that that love it and some people that are like, no, that's not an accurate assessment of how well someone's playing. When it comes to grading offensive linemen, do you personally put any stock into that? Uh, if someone is the pro football focus ninth best player in the NFL in terms of offensive line, does that mean something to you personally? Not really. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I I appreciate it to bring some attention to at least some of the linemen, but yeah, um, you have to look at the scheme. You have to look at what you're asked to do. And those people don't know that. Mm-hmm. They don't know that. Uh, the people that know that is your offensive line coach inside the inside your meeting room and the head coach. Uh, but that that's very, very important because, uh, uh, you know, some people that like the years I went to the Pro Bowl, those weren't necessarily my highest graded years, mm. you, know? <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of years I was an alternate because I moved back and forth. But I had some high years that I did get selected to the Pro Bowl. But 
we know that inside our meeting room, but you know the people that vote from the outside doesn't know that. So that's why I, I'm saying the most important thing is the grade that you offer them. Mm, that makes sense. Can you give me an example, Jesse? You said it, it comes down to scheme a lot. What would be an example where a pro football focus some uh, person might grade someone good or bad, but because of the scheme or something that they're not aware of, they're actually missing something. Can you give an example of uh, why a pro football focus person might get the grade wrong? Well, two different types of systems. You know, the systems that uh, the 49ers, we won all those Super Bowls with. You know, uh, just to give an example, Bill Walsh loved boxing, right? Mm -hmm. And his style of coaching the 49ers was we're the Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard type of fighter. If you look at the records of those two athletes, they have as many knockouts as George Foreman, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but they did it in a different style. They did it in an explosive uh, uh, amount of a lot of punches, beating your opponent to the punch, and then by the third quarter, we separate ourselves. Compared to when we played Dallas in the 90s, you know, it came back mm. with those big offensive linemen, uh, and they have Emmett Smith. They just wanted to maul you. That was their one knockout punch type <laughs> type of style. So when we draft the offensive linemen, you know, when Bob McKittrick used to say it when we were watching film, and he sees, because we watch film of other teams playing the opponent that we're playing, and he would say things like, when you see a, a, a big offensive lineman that's an all-pro from another team, he says, he can never play for me. <laughs> he's not quick enough to do what I'm asked to do. But he is good enough for that team. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's why I say what really matters <laughs> is the style and the scheme that the team needs to win. And the type, of, you know, you, you hear this all the time, you know. Well, you got to give, you know, uh, a certain new coach a chance to get his players, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, Bill Walsh was able to get his players the style that he wanted us to perform in. Uh, if you look at, you know, and I joke around with people all the time. If you come and look at the warmups, it makes you wonder why the 49ers was the team because we didn't look <laughs> impressive in warmups. We were smaller than, mm. than the, a lot of the teams we played against. But the style that was required was the type of athletes that we got. Uh, I want to know about. Uh I know you keep close tabs on the Lions rookie Panay Sewell, the left tackle there. I want to know what your assessment was of him in that game against, in the first two weeks, but especially that game against the 49ers in week one. How did you think he did? Well, first of all, I've been watching film of him at Oregon. Uh, and, and what Bosa said is exactly what I said. He just looked more comfortable at left tackle. Mm. Now, for his first game, I thought he did a great job. Now, uh, saying that, you know, they they help, they let the running back help a little bit to chip Bosa a little bit. Mm. They bring down the tight end in motion and chip him a little bit. And and for good reason. Yeah, it's yeah. his first game, you know. Uh, but I felt like they could have just let him go by himself. Oh, wow. Because he's that polished of a technician. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was proud of him and what he did. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we won the game. Hmm. But I thought for, as a, for a first game, you know, uh, one time Bosa got him. Because Bosa gets everybody. He's really good using his hands and, and, and every now and then fools you to bar rushing you back a little bit. And I thought Bosa got him that one time. But uh, to leave the game saying that, oh, what, what was Panay playing at? Which side? If you didn't notice it, mm. that means he did a great job. Oh, so, good point. Uh, you know, we, we've seen when Bosa takes games over, you know. But but part of that was they schemed to, to chip uh, Nick a little bit, which, 
you know, like I said, I agree you with got that. To. But uh, for his first game, I thought he did a pretty good job. It's got to be difficult for you because uh, we know you're incredibly fond of Panay and to watch it. I know you 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 want the sack to come, but you want it to come from the other side, not his side, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, we get used to it. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, I, I love our Polynesian kids, but at the same time, you know, I'm a 49er at heart. So mm-hmm. just for that one week, uh, <laughs> let's go at it. But then uh, after the game, I want him to do well the rest of the year. Yeah. Jesse, one thing that 49ers Twitter is talking about right now is everybody's ranting and raving and saying that Nick Bosa keeps getting held over and over and the officials are not throwing the flags. And so would you agree with that assessment? I I felt it in the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl big time, but I'm also seeing it as I saw it. I felt like, and I'm biased, right? You probably are a little bit too, but I felt like I saw a lot of holding against the Eagles that, that wasn't called. And I'm curious if you agree or not. I agree in the Super Bowl. I mean, that that that, that hold when uh, Tyreek Hill got caught that long pass that changed the momentum of the game, that was a hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but maybe I'm still salty about the game. But, uh, <laughs> we all are, Jesse. It's okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, there's going to be – there is just no way that an offensive lineman cannot hold those athletes that are coming forward, those best best of the best in the world that are coming after the quarterback. The rule is if your hands is in within side of the shoulders and the chest, right? So the, the, the problem that I have is when guys don't move their feet and starts pulling. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, but for us, for, for people to say, we're not going to grip the guy, you have to grip. It's, it's impossible to stop those beasts coming after mm-hmm. the quarterback. But you got to move your feet. And I've seen a lot of uh, big offensive linemen not moving their feet and starts pulling, you know, and uh, and get away with it. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a compliment to Nick and his young career and, and what people are trying to do to him. You know, uh, and if uh, D Ford is completely healthy, I think we're going to be even better going down the, uh, down the line. I know Tony wants to ask you, wants to get a prediction from you for the, the 49ers season going forward. I want to ask you about the next couple of games because you got a tough slate here coming up before the uh, next three weeks before the bye week. You got the Packers next week on Sunday Night Football. Then you got uh, two uh, divisional matchups, interdivisional matchups with the Seahawks and the, and the Cardinals. I want to get your assessment. We're going to find out a lot more about this team in the next three weeks, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Um, I, I, there's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we happen to be in a tough division. We're not, we don't have a cheap ticket to get in the playoffs, you know? Uh, uh, but that's a mindset that you got to have, you know, you, you, you shouldn't want to have it any other way. Now with, with green Bay, I think one of the things that we have against green Bay is uh, the mental edge, mm-hmm. you know, the last yep. couple of meetings, yep. you know, mm-hmm. There's a memory that, and, and and it's not like it was against a different quarterback. It was against the guy that's coming in. So um, I think if we establish a line of scrimmage with our D-line, establish a line of scrimmage with our, with our O-line, now I, I think, uh, you know, most of being hurt kind of really hurt us a little bit. But hopefully our young, uh, our young men, the, the young running backs that we have can team up and do what we did to Green Bay you know, the last two times we played them. So uh, it, it is a tough matchup. Anytime you go up against Aaron Rodgers, whether he had a bad first week, 
uh, you know, uh, you can never count uh, how skilled and how talented he is. Now, I'm, I'm hoping that his mind is not completely healed with whatever hmm. uh, problems he had with the front office so hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, before he gets to us. But, uh, yeah, you're right. We, we got a three-game stretch that uh, that's going to test us a little bit, but I think it's good. You know, I mean, you look at Tampa last year, what they were, what, uh, at one point, you know, they were like, what, seven and six? Se- yeah, seven <laughs> and five, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, seven and five. Well, that reminds me of Super Bowl 23. You know, mm-hmm. we were six and five. Yeah, oh, yeah. People wrote us off, yeah. you know. So there's different ways of going about it. There's teams like I, I was part of in 1984, and there's a team in 1990 or 89 that just kind of dominated from the beginning to the end. Mm. But then there's special teams that you get hot and you have the talent to, to uh, run the table. So uh, we'll see where we're at, but I think uh, if, I'm, I'm more afraid of injuries than anything else. Yeah. I think our guys play hard. Uh, we execute in tough situations. So um, I feel good going in. Jesse, for people who didn't see our last interview with you, man, you told us so many good stories. You told us that Merton Hank story that I still laugh about. Sometimes I'm laying in bed and I just think about that and I just start cracking up. Uh, you told us the great story about um, Joe and Roger calling you on the phone, you know, when you were holding out Roger Craig and Joe Montana. The Super Bowl um, story, which oh, is hilarious, oh, too. So many, man. You the told curfew. Us, yeah, so, that was so hilarious. We, we, yeah, that was the Merton Hank story. That yeah, was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Drinking with oh, Eddie DeBarlo. Um, so we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you if you have any stories that, uh, uh, that you haven't shared yet uh, on our last episode that uh, that you might be able to bless us with. Because I tell people, I say, man, Jesse Sapolo is one of the best storytellers out there as well, yeah. for sure. <laughs> your delivery and everything, man, yeah, it still, yeah. still cracks me up. We had a highlight reel, actually, of our show, and you're in it like 20 times because you gave us so much good material, <laughs> yeah. man, for sure. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because right after our, our, our show, the last time, Bert Hank started liking my things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to come on. We uh, say we want to hear his side too. So, so uh, obviously, uh, he remembers that part of it. But, uh, That's funny. You know, I mean, we, it, it's funny. We, ju- we just played Philly, you know, and uh, I don't know if you heard. Uh, <laughs> the, the year, the, the, it was a dominant year, the year 1989. You know, we, we played Philly, and they had a young defensive line of Jerome Brown, mm. Reggie White, mm. uh, you know, uh, Pitts. They, they had, like, three all-pro guys on the D-line. Mm. And we were coming off Super Bowl twenty-three, so we were the defending champions. They had a quarterback named uh, Randall McDaniel. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty good. So we went to Philadelphia. You know how loud Philadelphia can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came after us. They came after us. And I think they sacked Joe like four or five times in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, um, to the point where after the game, our, our offensive lineman, uh, offensive line coach Bob McKittrick got up in front of the team on Monday and apologized on behalf of <laughs> <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> the whole line. Because wow. Joe ended up getting sacked like seven times. In oh, game. But, so they, they kicked out behinds for like uh, – Two and a half quarters. Mm. Like they were up by 24. Damn. Wow. And the funny story is on Thursdays every week, four of us, O-linemen, we go to Bible study. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, and Harris Barton, the right tackle, he's Jewish. So, you know, so Bible Kitchen walked up to us 
you know, at the end of the third quarter and looked at the four of us and said, you guys better pray to Jesus. <laughs> to the four of us. And he looked at Harris Barton and he said, you better say a Jewish prayer. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, we ex- we exploded for 34 points. Oh, wow. Mm. And won that game by 10 points. Damn. You know. Wow. Um, so, but, you know, and, and I tell my son this, my son who's an O-line coach at Fresno State, I share stories with him. Uh, they had a big win over UCLA. Yeah, they did. Time. I saw that game. Congrats. That was a big win. Uh, so I, I share stories with him on how to overcome, you know. And, you know, when uh, Fresno State played Oregon, they, they had the lead in the fourth quarter, and then they play UCLA. Teams they're not, they're not favored against. I tell them, son, you know, we were the Alabama of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I'm going to take it to you. I'm going to give it to you from our approach. Nice. I said, the teams that bothered us the most are the teams that played hard for 60 minutes. Mm. That never disappears, you know, because we were the team that we were kind of like a field goal or a touchdown ahead before the game even start mm. because of our reputation. Yeah. yeah. So I said to him, so a lot of the times you see college games and you look up on the scoreboard and some team is leading the team that's supposed to be favored. Mm-hmm. And then they show the highlights again in the second half, the team that it was supposed to be favored that was trailing all of a sudden stop blowing them out. I'd say it's it's such a strong mindset. And I told them that game against Philadelphia, you know, they came up, they came at us because they wanted to prove themselves against the defending champions, but we played for 60 minutes. Did we get our ass whooped in the first half? Yes, we sure did. But we didn't we played 60 minutes. Mm. We executed for 60 minutes. And uh so you know, and the thing about it, so after Bobby Kitchen apologized to the team on Monday, <laughs> you know, apologized to Joe and the team on Monday, and we split up to position meetings, Joe picked his head inside our room and says, I throw interceptions, shit happens. Yeah. Oh, wow. I trust you guys. So you tell wow. me how that makes me feel as an offensive lineman. Wow. You know, what would make, what would I do for that guy? Mm, what you a know? great story of Joe uh, Montana's leadership. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's why Joe was so beloved. Mm. You know, he, he was just one of the guys, you know, and, uh, and we had a lot of battles uh, that we come back in the last, you know, Super Bowl 23, mm. right? When you have those things happen and you trust the bus driver, <laughs> you're going to win a lot of games. Mm. You know, because when you look at physicality, you know, like Jacksonville, right? They they pick first. The teams that don't have winning records always pick first. So it's not like they don't have the talent. It's just establishing a mindset to believe together as a group that you're going to win. You know, Mm. and if you look at the 49er dynasty guys, Charles Haley's from James Madison. Jerry Rice is from Mississippi Valley. I'm from Hawaii. Mm. You know, John Taylor's from Delaware State. You tell me which of those teams come close to playing in a college playoffs. Right. <laughs> no, Seriously. Yeah. Wow. But it's, it's, it was a mindset that was established. It was a system that was established by Bill on how we do things. You know, I just posted this morning, something that just came to my mind, that Bill Walsh had the saying that, you know, champions behave like champions before they become champions. Mm. You, know, you start practicing the habits of becoming a champion. So I try to help my son with that kind of stuff. You nice. know, I, I stay away from the scheme stuff, <laughs> but I try to help him with technique and, and, and stuff that I see and let him be his own man. So, uh, but those, that, that's a story about 
uh, since we just played Philadelphia. Philadelphia doesn't, yeah. doesn't have the D-line now that they did then. But, <laughs> <laughs> no Reggie White on the other side. No, <laughs> no Reggie White. But the, the thing that I, I, I'm most proud about is the very next year we went back to Philadelphia. Mm. And we ran the ball for 220 yards. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, 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 we got smarter. We're not going to just throw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We ain't going to put Joe back there. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we pounded the ball. And, and, and then Joe had a great game because they couldn't just tee off because mm-hmm. they couldn't stop the run. So those are the great memories of my career. That's awesome. Jesse, thank you so much for your time. Anybody listening out there, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Jesse Sapolu. Uh, this is our second show with him, and, and and I feel like we could talk to you for yeah, hours, could, man. man. You are we an incredible could. resource, yeah. and we're so grateful that you've come on the show twice now. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Thank and, you. And make sure appreciate you say, uh, tell uh, Roman we said uh, congratulations. That was a big win. They've had a really good season so far. They played Oregon really tough, who's arguably yeah. one of the top teams in the, in the country right now, and then they just took it to uh, UCLA this weekend, a big upset that I think they were 11 and a half point dogs in that game. So yeah, uh, that's yeah, a big, big work. win. We'd like to get him on sometime when the season's over, man, and, yeah. and pick his brain as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just let me know and I'll talk to him about yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thank Thanks, you so Jesse. Much. We really Jesse, appreciate you're the best. It. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, buddy. Take Thank care. You. All right, Tony, let's take a quick second to tell everybody about BetterHelp. We're proud to announce that the DMP City Sports Podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Like I've said before, man, I've been, I think that uh, so many people should be going to therapy. A lot of people kind of neglect that part of their lives. You know, they work out, they're running, they're eating right. You don't understand that mental health is so important as well. And I think that now that it's coming less taboo to talk about, people are starting to seek out these services and better help. We're super happy to be partnering with them. Uh, BetterHelp will assess will they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, just two days to stand in the way between you and a better version of yourself. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. Yeah, and there's a broad ranges of expertises that are available, which may not be uh, available locally to you. And so, you know, there might be a therapist that specializes in divorce. There might be a spe- therapist that specializes in working with veterans. So it's not sort of a one size fits all approach. So you can look forward to that. The service is available worldwide. So it doesn't matter where you are. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Yeah, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. All right. And you can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted on there daily. I know that for me, whenever I try a new service or I buy a new product, I want to hear from the people that have actually utilized that service. So I've got a couple pulled up here that I want to read from you. These are actual users of BetterHelp. One person says, uh, for the short time we've known each other, Tamara, who's her therapist, Tamara has been a positive influence in my life. She is so kind non-judgmental, and I feel so at ease with her. I highly recommend her two exclamation points. Another dude, person wow. says... That's, that's when you know it's serious. Dude, that's no joke right there. One, it's just like, yeah, you know, she was all right. You can two, tell with like, the punctuation. I'm going to invite this girl to a barbecue. It's <laughs> big time. Next person says, Roselle is very kind and professional. She really listens to what I have to say and what my concerns are and reacts with quality advice. She responds to messages quickly 
and is always willing to make scheduling work. So there's people bragging about how wonderful listeners they are, how flexible they are. The folks over at BetterHelp are incredible. And you can visit betterhelp.com slash DNP. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash DMP and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Yeah. I, as I've said before, man, I, I see a, I see a therapist every Thursday, man. It's one of the best things I've ever done. What's great about this is in 48 hours, you could be talking to a therapist. So you're only two days away from working on your mental health, from getting better, from uh, experiencing a new you, a new life. And it's so important, man, because uh, everybody struggles with things. It's no longer taboo to talk about this stuff, as we know. Everyone's going through struggles, you know, whether you lost someone, you have a friend or family member die, uh, you're going through a divorce, like we said. Uh, even if you lost your dog or your cat or something like that, that stuff's hard, man. It's, it's hard being a human being. And so it's not taboo to, to talk about. And it's, the only thing that's wrong is if you don't get help. You know what I mean? It's so very important. You got to check this out. Especially these days, a lot of people are feeling extra isolated because of, you know, the, where the economy's at yeah, because yeah. of social distancing and they're not able to interact with as many people as they'd like. So it's an especially important time to be taking care of our, prevent, our, our mental health preventatively. Yeah. BetterHelp is getting super popular, too. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. What's awesome is that we have a special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month. You go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com forward slash D-N-P, as in did not play. You're going to get 10% off your first month of therapy, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, man. You know we like saving people money on this show. Yeah. <laughs> usually in the gambling sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually in the shopping around of the number sense, but in this sense, we like saving you money as well. And you get great mental health um, help as well, which is awesome. Yeah, it's super important, man. And what's great is that... You'll be doing this in less than two days, man. Uh, you do it weekly, however often you you feel is necessary. Uh, they'll be able to accommodate your schedule. And, it, and it's great, man. You don't have to leave your house. That's what's awesome. You, you can, can be in your pajamas yeah. in bed having this conversation yeah. with your therapist. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, you just got like a little uh, little snack plate waiting on you as soon as you get done. You start get to, get to eating, turn a Monday night football game on, do whatever you got to do, man. But uh, you don't have to leave the house. No traffic, sitting in traffic, uh, worried about getting a car accident, any of that stuff. As we said before, waiting in the stuffy waiting rooms, you know, all these people coming out half crying, wondering what's wrong with them and stuff like that. You know, I got people uh, judging you. You know, you get to do this at your house. It's awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. So make sure you go to BetterHelp. That's com forward slash DMP. And you're going to get 10% off your first month of therapy. All right. The moment many of you have been waiting for, we're going to talk about some week three NFL betting action. Uh, right now, I want to start with the Thursday night game. We've got Carolina seven and a half point favorites at Houston. Chad, I'm curious what you think about this Thursday night game. A couple things to keep in mind. Uh, we don't know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be playing uh, for Houston or not. Uh, if he doesn't, Davis Mills is going to be uh, the starting quarterback. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, I don't think I'm going to touch this game pre-flop. I don't like Thursday night football games. And so um, there's just too much unpredictableness. I've been burned too many times, frankly, mm -hmm. on Thursday night games in the past. So I don't think I'm going to touch this pre-flop and maybe leave my options open uh, for betting live. What are you thinking, man? Dude, this is a wolf of a game once again. I think Thursday night football is like it's like the make-a-wish for NFL teams, man. <laughs> Let's be honest. Because it's always like these shitty teams. I know it gets a little bit better. I looked at the schedule. It gets a little bit better uh, in a few weeks. But the first couple of weeks, man, we got Washington and, and the Giants. You got Texans, Panthers this week. You got Jags and Bengals next week. This is totally like the make-a-wish yeah. 
for the NFL schedule makers, man. <laughs> These are the only time they, they want to be on prime time. They're like, hey, I guess we can put you on Thursdays. We got nothing else available, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I would obviously – I would say uh, I can see why Carolina is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Seven-and-a-half. Oh, are they really seven-and-a-half? Seven yeah. Oh, they opened at four-and-a-half, my yeah, bad. Okay, yeah. so it's gone all the way up to seven-and-a-half. Uh, yeah, I can see that, you know, but uh, I'll be honest, man. This is at, this is at Houston, so um, the the Texas played the Browns this week, and they did have they showed a little bit of life, man. I'm that not first lie. quarter, I, they looked. I, I was heavy on the Browns, and I was sweating a little bit that first yeah. quarter. It looked to me, I was texting my friend, and I said, "It looks like the Texans are just playing harder than the Browns." Yo, I think and, they were, and that changed pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I think. Tell me if you disagree with this. I think we're learning the Texans when Taylor's healthy. They may not be one of the worst three or four teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that for sure. I mean, I think that they're it's it's weird because they seem like they might be well coached, which is crazy, you know. Because I got a little bone to pick with uh, David Coley here about this Browns oh, I th- Browns Texans game. Oh, I, I, I think th- I know what I it think, is. I'm sure you do. Oh, so third and fifteen. Ah, yep, all right. This is it. This is it. Third and fifteen. Right. Oh. They go for it. Obviously, they don't go. They're, you know, they they run a play. They don't get the first down. Fourteen yards. Fourteen yards. Right. And then so uh, they end up getting a penalty on, on the Browns. I think it was offsides on the Browns. There's yep. a couple offsides penalties on the Browns yep. uh, in the game. Um, so it's fourth and ten, or it's going to be third and or excuse me, fourth and one, fourth and one. Yep. Okay, could have went for it, or uh, could have accepted the penalty and had another opportunity at, at third, third and ten. The third and ten. Yep. Which is totally doable. It's not third and forty. You know, what I'm saying it's third and ten. You can teams pick that up all the time. And decides to punt the ball instead. Decides to take fourth and one instead of third and ten and punts the ball. What the hell are you doing, dude? It makes dude? no sense. What are you doing? You know, you could argue it's actually a tough choice between fourth and one and third and ten to yeah. go for it. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a tough choice, That's what right? I thought he was deciding. Yeah. And I thought, no. okay, he's going to go for it. And they go, decline the penalty. I'm like, okay, they're going for it. And then I see the punt team come out. And I was like, they're not dumb enough to fake a punt when they, you know, in this situation, right? They punted the ball. I'm like, what the hell is going on, dude? He, he had two reasonable choices, and then he chose something that wasn't even on the damn menu. And I, I wouldn't have been mad at either of the choice. If you go for it on fourth Absolutely. and one or if you if you, you know uh, run a play at third and ten, I understand both of them. I probably went with fourth and one and just try to get a yard. But, yeah, it was unbelievable. He walked just into a, a bar. He essentially walked into a bar, and they said, do you want wine or beer? And he said, I'll have Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, he picked yeah. something that wasn't, wasn't even, even on the menu. Like, nowhere yeah. near the realm of possibilities. I've never seen that before. Yeah. I've been watching football my whole life. I'm 36. I've never seen that before. That was bizarre. Yeah, that was crazy as hell, man. Yeah. That, that that definitely doesn't endear him to his players. But yeah. uh, let's just get, get rid of this game as fast as possible. Seven and a half. I think that's way too many points. I would take Houston there. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from it. Um, I respect your Houston choice. Uh, one quick note, Carolina's 3-0 straight um, straight up and against the spread uh, versus Houston the last three times they faced each other. Uh, next game up, we got Arizona, seven and a half point favorites at Jacksonville. I think this is going to be a popular survivor pool pick for a lot of people. The over-under in this game is 51 and a half. And considering that high-powered mm-hmm. offense in Arizona, I think that's worth looking into for yeah. sure. Um, so w- w- when the lines come out every week, Chad, I don't know if you knew this, but what I do is I, I make my own lines before the lines come out and then I see what they are and where there's a difference. Those are kind of the lines that I attack. Okay. So when this came out, 
I had this as a nine and a half yeah, point that. game for mm-hmm. Arizona. It actually came out at seven and went up to seven and a half. And so I think that number is going to continue to rise. I think that by game time, it's going to be closer to my nine and a half, mm-hmm. which, which I actually uh, thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, I like Arizona here and I like the over. I'll tell you what, Kyler Murray, he looks like an MVP. Yeah, I mean, the numbers good. that he's putting up, and it's not just the numbers, he looks great. Um, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. Check out prop bets for uh, Kyler Murray winning MVP because if the Cardinals win, uh, go to the playoffs, and he keeps doing what he's doing, he is absolutely in that conversation. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, uh, seven and a half. It's going to go up to probably nine and a half, you said. That's my guess. Um, yeah. I don't like touching those types of games, man. You know what I mean? That's but uh, I can definitely see Arizona putting up a lot of points and. Um and definitely I could see them covering that, but I, I would I'll go ahead and take Arizona in that if we're picking here. Yep, we're both on Arizona. All right, next up we got Indianapolis at Tennessee. Tennessee just upset Seattle. Not a lot of people saw that coming, <clears throat> except me. I saw that <laughs> shit coming. Tennessee's a five point favorite. Interesting with these two teams playing the last six times they've played each other. The road team is five and one ATS in these contests, so that trend favors Indy a little bit if you're into trends. Um, but is Carson Wentz going to be healthy? That's going to be a question we're probably going to ask for the next 14 or 15 weeks. Carson Wentz has two injured ankles. He has a high ankle sprain on one ankle and then a generic ankle sprain on the other. And you and I predicted that on our last show. We said he's playing the tough uh, Rams defense. He might not last this whole game, and he didn't. And it was Aaron Donald that took him out of the game, too, just as we predicted pretty much. exactly. Ridiculous. And so here's the thing with Wentz. He is tough because he's played through injuries, Mm -hmm. but he's fragile. Yeah. And so there's a difference there between, you know, being uh, fragile and being susceptible to injuries and not being tough and not willing to play through them. He's tough, but he just keeps breaking, man. He's like King Griffey Jr. Mm -hmm. Some of these athletes, for whatever reason, uh, just keep breaking down. And uh, that is certainly the case with Wentz. They need to eat some more vegetables. That's what it is. For real. Stop eating all that red meat. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But five. Um I, I don't know what, what the story is with Carson Wentz just yet. I, I would take Tennessee in that to cover. Yeah, if Wentz plays, I, I like the the road divisional dog here getting the five points. Uh, if Wentz doesn't play, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it at all. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to our next game, Chargers at Chiefs, I got a real interesting stat here about the Jaguars that I meant to mention the last, mm-hmm. when we were just talking about them. The Jaguars do not have a rush attempt inside the opponent's 20-yard line this whole fucking season. What the hell? After two games. Wow. They have not run the ball. I mean, one, they haven't been down there a whole lot, right? But the play calling apparently is all passes the rare times they do get down there. That's a wild stat, dude. That's crazy. Urban Meyer just too busy looking at Tang on the on the, he's looking at all them uh, cheerleaders. <laughs> he's just looking at Tang the whole game, not even paying attention. He's like, "What is it, fourth and twelve? They're like, "Motherfucker, it is third and six. <laughs> what are you talking about?" I tell you what, there are rumors too, by the way, you know, unconfirmed rumors that he's rubbing the players the wrong oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah. And so uh, that that's I like when locker rooms are in turmoil, man. I like to take advantage of that in football. It's a team sport. Yeah. I know it's a little bit of a cliche, but it's the truth, man. It's a team sport, and yeah. when when you're not on the same page. That's trouble. I don't see him lasting long there. Uh, I, I've seen a, 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 some video and everything like that of when he was at Ohio State. He ran that like a military program. Yeah. You can't do that in the NFL. These guys are making more money than you. They don't give a damn about your college football championships and shit like that when you were paying players. You know what I'm saying? They don't give a damn about that. These are NFL players. You know what I mean? There's more talent on this Jacksonville team than he's ever seen in his life. They're not going to play that shit 100%. for much longer. So Couldn't agree more. Yeah. 
Uh, next up, we've got Chargers at Chiefs. The Chiefs are six and a half or seven point favorites, depending on where you're looking on oddshark.com. Um, Chargers are six and three ATS in their last nine games against Kansas City. Um, I absolutely love the Chargers with the points here. This is way, way, way too many points. Everybody, you know, you see the Chiefs, you get excited because you know about that high powered offense. The Chiefs have a habit of winning a lot of games, but not covering the spread. Yeah, they're close because their defense is atrocious. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and so we saw that in the uh, Sunday night game last week against uh, Baltimore. I think that the this is my opinion. What I think the blueprint is to, is to beat the Chiefs is we talked about it a little bit last week when they played the Browns. Yep. You can't punt more than two or three times in a game, and I think that that's totally realistic. I think you can. I think a lot of teams are going to put up thirty to thirty five points a game on them this year. So I think what it is is you just. You know, you 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 spread the ball out, you you move the ball, you run the ball, you wear that defense down, and then in the third and fourth quarter, you just hope that the Chiefs make a mistake, whether it's an interception, whether it's a fumble like we saw from Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, drop passes, something like you just hope to get stop them once in the fourth quarter and you've got the ball. There was a time in that game against Baltimore when they were down by eleven, I believe, and they could have made it eighteen. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, this game's still not over. They get one stop. It's yeah. it's right back. They they just make two. They're two mistakes away from being down yep. because their defense can't stop anybody. They're yeah. they're a sieve, and we're gonna see that to continue this year. They don't spend any money on that defense, or if they have, they're just not coached well enough. But uh, it's gonna be a problem this year. They're gonna be in a lot of thirty eight, thirty five shootouts uh, for the rest of the season. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I see. Them, I'm gonna see them losing four or five games this year. I think, and that's that's crazy. I know a lot of people probably think that's crazy talk, but the way that defense is played. They're, they can't stop anybody, and they're not going to. Teams are going to put up 30 to 40 points a game against them this year. Chad, I think the Chiefs could lose this week. I yeah. know they're home. Yeah. Um, I think the Chargers yeah. are absolutely live in this game. Yeah. Um, I love them with the points because I love the possibility of a backdoor cover, but y- you said it, man. Their defense is, is a struggle, and they've got two rookies on their offensive mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. and then a third offensive lineman um, isn't is practically a rookie because he opted out with yeah. COVID. So they, they essentially have three first-year players on that offensive line. Oh, yeah. Who do the Chargers have at defensive end? Some guy named Joey Bosa. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, not you bad. Not they got bad. a good defense, too. They held that uh, Dallas Cowboys high-octane high, uh, uh, offense in check a little bit uh, Sunday as well. Our guy Austin Eckler's there having a, a pretty good start to the season and everything. Real good. I, I could see them. I can definitely see uh, the Chargers covering this and also probably winning the game, honestly. I know a lot of people For might sure. think that's crazy, but I think the Chiefs are, are – we're going to find out a lot about this team. And are, are they one of the best offenses in the, in the uh, NFL? Of sure, course, yeah. Sure. If not the best, they're two or three. But that defense is so terrible. they got to keep scoring. God forbid if they have any injuries to their wideouts or and their top for, uh, receivers like Kelsey or, or Tyreek Hill. Obviously, you don't want that to happen, but um, – I, I would not be surprised whatsoever if the Chargers win this game, and I, I can see a lot of problems for Kansas City in the future if they don't get that defense fixed because that is not yep. that's just not sustainable to win games thirty eight thirty five every week. Yep, I'm definitely going to put a little bit of a sprinkle on the Chargers money line there. Nothing serious, but just a little bit of a sprinkle. Yeah. And you've been warned: do not take Kansas City in your survivor pools out there, folks. I think it's a dangerous game, and there's a lot it's, better opportunities. It's out getting there. to the point where they just haven't focused on defense enough, and it's like a, a coin flip. Yep, because it comes down to who has the ball last. If they can make if they can play mistake free football in the fourth quarter, and God forbid they come out and have one of these games where they turn the ball over four, three or four times, they're going to get their ass beat, right? Because these teams are not going to stop scoring on them. They're not going to start sitting on the ball. You can run the ball against these guys. You can throw the ball against these guys. Um, you can you can pressure them 
with Mahomes, they better hope he stays healthy too because, as you mentioned, uh, th- essentially three new offenses, offensive linemen there, not yeah. looking great. And let me tell you, Kansas City, I know they're not the defending Super Bowl champions because they lost in the Super Bowl, but they've got a target on their back. Yep. Everybody in the AFC has a target on their back. Yep. Uh, excuse me, has a target on the Chiefs' back. And tell me the Chargers haven't been studying the Chiefs' weaknesses all offseason. And now sure this have. is their first time to attack that game plan. Um, and so I, I think char- the Chargers are going to put up a good fight yeah, for sure. Divisional rival. They yep. want to make sure they want to establish that they're a new team on the block. They got Herbert. They got Austin Eckler in there. They got some good weapons, and their defense looked pretty damn good last week, too. That's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we've got Washington <clears throat> at Buffalo. Buffalo is a nine or nine and a half point favorite, depending on where you look. A couple things to keep in mind here. Washington has extra rest because they played that uh, Thursday game where they got pretty lucky, if you ask me, uh, against the Giants. Uh, Buffalo seven and one ATS in their last eight games. That's seven and one against the spread their last eight games uh, against Washington. Who do you like here, Chad? Dude, so Buffalo looked a lot better last week, obviously, after they beat the hell out of Miami 35 nothing, I believe the score was. Um, a lot of people were jumping off that bandwagon after that that Pittsburgh Steelers. You and loss. me included. I yeah, th- I thought we, the Dolphins were. Gonna I cover. thought I thought they were too, and yeah. I was only about thirty nine points away from that happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so don't listen to my dumbass. But uh, uh, I don't know. That's a large spread, but it looks like maybe Buffalo might be. You know, hey, they had a little hiccup the first game. Maybe they're catching back on hitting their stride from last year. And nine points. That's a that's a large spread, and I don't think Washington's that terrible of a team, but. I would take Buffalo in this, honestly. I would still take Buffalo. Yeah, if you put a gun to my head, I would take Washington, but I'm not going to touch this game. Uh, we'll we'll see if the legend some of Taylor big, Heineke continues. Some big-ass spreads in week three. Yeah, right? no kidding. There sure are. There sure yeah, are. There's a lot of big spreads. Yeah, another one coming up, good size at least. Um, Chicago at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland goes off. Uh, they're laying seven and a half points uh, as a, a home team against Chicago. Yeah. Uh, favorites in this series, the last six times these two teams have played, uh, the favorite covers the spread five out of the last six times in this matchup, so that trend favors Cleveland here. Uh, this is your team, Chad. What do you think, man? Uh, I don't think we looked great last week against uh, Houston, but you know in the NFL, it's just about you just win. You just, you just every every week is it's like a survivor pool. You just got to win. It doesn't matter what the hell the score is. You know, everyone would love to win thirty five nothing like Buffalo did against Miami this week. That's just not going to happen. Houston came in there. They they did a lot of really good things. Thank God Ty- Tyrod Taylor didn't finish the game because we might have been in some trouble. To be honest with For you. For real. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sold on that as Cleveland at seven and a half, man. That's a big spread. I know it's at home, but our defense hasn't really been able to stop anybody. They they've uh uh they've letting teams off the hook in some crucial third downs. Um uh, if they could get off the field of some of those third downs, maybe these games aren't as close as as they have been. They would have beat the Chiefs two weeks ago had they uh, been able to get off the field on third down. I, I think that's too large of a spread, although I do think I would t- put some money down on Cleveland on the money line. I'm not comfortable saying they're going to cover seven and a half, though. Yeah, you and I are really on the same page here because uh, I'm not touching that point spread, but it's my favorite teaser game of the week. We teased that down seven points. Uh, if you guys watch this show, you know I love teasers. We hit a big teaser for y'all on week one. Week two, we lost because TJ Watt, I'm just making excuses here, TJ Watt got hurt, and we taped the show before we knew that you know Devin Bush <laughs> and, and Hayden were going to be out. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, so so what I recommended was Cincy plus eight. 
and then the Steelers to win the game in that teaser. The the Bengals came through as predicted, just like I said with with backdoor, backdoor Burrow, Burrow. <laughs> backdoor yeah. Joey, Joey backdoor coming through. And that um, doesn't mean he likes butt, folks. I made it's a common <laughs> common misconception. I made the mistake last week. It doesn't mean he likes butt. It's it's just that he covers a spread at the end of the game. Exactly, exactly. I found that out the hard way. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we're one and one on our teaser prediction so far. <laughs> I would argue we should be two and zero oh if it wasn't for unfortunate uh, injuries there. Uh, so this week, first leg, I like teasing Cleveland down seven points. So they've just got to win the game, just like you're saying, Chad. Man, it's basically it's essentially a money line bet there. Um, so yeah, we, we both like Cleveland to win yeah. the game, but not necessarily to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one's interesting, man. Atlanta at the Giants. The Giants are three Jesus. point favorites. What in the hell? Have the New York Giants done to be three point favorites against anybody this year? And I know Atlanta's not it's a great team. Atlanta. I get that. That's why. But quick little story, man. On Twitter, before the season started, I threw out the Jags, Houston, the Giants, and the Lions. And I said, who's the worst team in the NFL before the league started? And some guys started mouthing off, and he's like, the Giants are, should be nowhere on that list. The Giants are not one of the worst teams in the NFL. They are. So as soon as the Giants lost, I saved my receipts, folks. Yeah, yeah. As soon as the Giants lost to Washington and officially had the worst record in the NFL at 0-2, <laughs> I sure enough, I retweeted it. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, let's let's talk about this. I never heard a response. Yeah, I'm sure. He's probably <laughs> uh, like sitting on a bench outside the Empire State Building drinking a 40 now fucking giving a shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're a terrible team, and this is going to be the last year that we see Daniel Jones as a starter. You can book that mm. unless he's uh, backing up somebody that gets injured in the future. He is not a starting quarterback in this league. Maybe he's got terrible coaching, which is totally a possibility in New York. I don't yeah. feel like they're coached very well. I'm not sold on uh, uh, Judge whatsoever. Agreed. I almost want to call him Mike Judge, uh, creator of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> but, but Joe Judge, he, he's, he act like Beavis and Butthead on the sideline <laughs> no and kidding. shit. Acting like Hank Hill over there, like a dumbass. But uh, yeah, um, honestly, I, I would take Atlanta here. I, I, I mean, I know it's at New York, but I, I just don't <laughs> – I haven't seen anything from Daniel Jones to make me believe that he's going to uh, – he's a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. I understand that's not how the game is played out um, exclusively, but – I'll take Atlanta here. Three points. That seems like a lot to me for a New York team. Yeah, for real. And 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 I would say when when I did my my uh, point spread, this was a pick'em game for me. Mm-hmm. And so if I thought it was a pick'em, and you're going to give me three points with Atlanta, I love that. I love Atlanta plus three. I love Atlanta on the money line for sure. Yeah. Uh, interesting little number here. Since 2000, the under in this series has hit. 10 of the last 12 times. The wow. total in this game is 48 and a half. So if you're into trends, uh, hitting the under might be uh, something, to, something to look at here. That's such a shitty matchup. I'm surprised it's not a Thursday night game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. No Shit. kidding, man. If there were two Thursday night games, that, that would be, be it. That's, no I'm surprised doubt. that's not a double header. Like, yeah. oh, we got a double header clunker of a shit, shit matchups for you Seriously. guys. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Next, we got Cincy at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's laying four and a half <clears> points um, in this game. For me, this is all going to come down to injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw, like I alluded to, Devin Bush, TJ Watt, and Joe Hayden all hurt with groin injuries, by the way. Yeah. When's the last time you th- saw three star players on one defense all out with groin injuries, which is just weird. And and if I start seeing wrist injuries come out of Pittsburgh as well, wrist and groin <laughs> injuries at the same time, uh, that's going to be really concerning for me. <laughs> Dog, they need to hit up Robert Kraft and see if uh, he's got a groin specialist. He can hook him up with. I'm sure he's got a couple on speed dial. Oh, goodness he, he gracious. Just, he just keeps them under his employ now. He ain't going down <laughs> no strip mall in Miami no more. That shit damn near oh, fucked no. up his career, man. He ain't doing that shit. But yeah, dog. 
Pittsburgh, hit up Robert Kraft. He's not that far away. I'm sure you could get on. He's like a 45-minute plane ride away. You can hit him up, find out who his groin and wrist specialist is. You know, that's why Robert Kraft don't have wrist problems. He don't got to do nothing. He just lays there. <laughs> Shit. Oh, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, dude. I'm going to take Cincinnati with that. I don't think uh, TJ Watt's going to play this week. And if he does, I think he's going to be limited. He just signed that big contract. They're not going to want to put him in harm's way. I know that's a division matchup. But this early in the season, week three, they're not going to want to put him out there after he just signed that big ass contract. He's going to most, in my opinion, he's most likely going to sit. And I think Cincinnati can. That's four and a half, man. I think they, I can think they can cover that. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think it'll be a, you know two three point game. Yeah, I'm with you, man. At four and a half, man, we're not disagreeing a whole lot yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, I've been F- I was cheating and reading your notes and shit. <laughs> I feel like I was right. at, at four and a half. Um, I think it's worth a swing right now, not knowing if these guys are going to play to take a swing at this point in time. Um, if all three of those guys were to play, which I don't think is going to happen, I still don't love Pittsburgh. I just probably wouldn't bet Cincy at that point, you know. But again, I think it's it's, it's worth a shot. Um, Baltimore seven and a half point favorites at Detroit. Well, that's what it opened at. It's at nine and a half now. Oh wow! Okay, thank Damn, you. It's gone from huge. seven and a half to nine and a half pretty quickly. Yeah, it looks like that move started to happen Monday morning. Yeah. Um, Baltimore After coming that, off that incredible yeah. win uh, off the uh, against the Chiefs. That's probably why um, it moved. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, the Ravens are three and zero ATS against Detroit in their last three games. I just don't think Detroit has anybody to stop Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to have his way uh, with the Lions here. What do you think, Chad? I think nine and a half is a big, big ass spread, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I feel like I think the Lions are going to be. We talked about backdoor Burrow. I think it's going to be. Uh, uh, the Detroit Lions are going to be a backdoor team this year. I think they're a team that's not going to quit because Dan Campbell obviously commands respect and the players like him. I think he play he t- coaches to to play to the whistle, to play to the the clock hits triple zeros. I think they're going to be a team that you could probably see like getting outclassed in the first half, the first three quarters, but then coming back, still fighting, and then being able to cover once all the you know the starters and everything are out. But nine and a half, that's a that's a you know, and then them coming off the Monday night game, so. uh Dude, I'm going to take Detroit here to cover. I'm ready to uh, to keep that within nine and a half points. I think they can do that yeah. at home. I think if you like Baltimore, the time has passed. So when this line came out at seven and a half, I bought That's, a half yeah. point and I took the Ravens just for a medium-sized bet. I took the Ravens at minus seven. Um, so I'm okay teasing this down. I think this is actually a great, great tease um, to go along uh, with, with the the Browns. So so there's the teaser pick of the week right there, folks. Uh, Browns and, and Baltimore tease down. Even with Baltimore at nine and a half, you're still getting under that key number of three, which is really important. Um, statistically in the NFL, 15% of games end by exactly three points. So you really want to get underneath that three. Uh, it's super important. 50%? 15. 15. 15%. Okay. Yep. 15% are, are like, decided damn. by three points. Um, and then I believe the seven points, uh, 10% of games are decided by seven. So, wow. which is why when I give these teaser recommendations, I want you guys to tease through the three and yeah. through the seven yeah. because you're, you're, you're knocking out 25% of, of games that mm-hmm. end in exactly those numbers. And so yeah. that's so important. Um, so anyways, don't like the, the, the Ravens at nine and a half, love the Ravens tease down. And, and I got them at minus seven. Yeah. Uh, we got new Orleans at new England. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting games of the week because one of these two games, one of these two coaches are going to be one and two. Which would be crazy. Cause no, who thought that? I mean, I, I cause I kind of thought that with new Orleans coming to the season. I mean, I guess I actually thought about both teams. I didn't really think they were going to be like, fantastic this year but uh new orleans looked like shit last week they didn't look too good that's true Uh, after looking really good week one yeah yeah so 
Um, that would take New England here. New England's a three-point favorite. I don't yeah. think I mentioned that. Yeah, I would I would take New England. I think they can cover that easily. Yeah, I'm on the New England side as well. Um, the over in this series has hit six of the last eight times, and the uh, total is set at 43 in this game. Um, oh, yeah, I would take over in that. So sure. that's, something to, that's something to keep in mind. Um, I lean toward the over. I don't think I'm going to bet it, though, um, and, and I, I like New England in this one as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got Miami at Vegas. So this is interesting yeah, because is. Tua uh, got injured last week. Um, Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network has come out and said the x-rays were negative on Tua, and it's going to be a pain tolerance issue. So to me, that says he's probably going to play. Um, and the, the betters apparently agreed with that assessment because that line fell from five and a half to four immediately after Tom Pelissaro's um, tweet when, when he announced that. And so you got... Um, you got a four-point favorite now um, for Vegas hosting Miami. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm going to take Vegas with this. Obviously, they're one of the biggest surprises in the NFL this season, winning two games against the AFC. Um, the, uh, that division there with the uh, Browns. and I mean, They got Baltimore at home, and no one saw them beating Pittsburgh last week, which was uh, – it wasn't even that close, to be honest with right. you. You know, so the big surprise in the NFL this season, I would take uh, Vegas with this. I think they're going to ride that momentum. We don't know what the hell's going on with Tua. If he's going to be healthy, if he's going to be healthy enough to play, or if he's going to be healthy enough to to make an impact. Um, I think three and a half isn't that much of that high powered offense that the uh, Vegas Raiders have. So I would take uh, Vegas there with three and a half. Yeah, I'm not going to touch this game. Um, just too much uncertainty, man. I, I kind of like the Miami number a little bit, but too many times I've seen, you know, I place a bet and then a guy gets hurt in the first quarter and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you mm -hmm. know, so I don't want to get burned on this. Uh, so I'm not touching it. Interesting note here. The last seven times these two teams have played, the over has cashed and the over in this game is 45 and a half. So if you like trends, that's something interesting to, mm -hmm. uh, to, to look at. Chad, I was thinking, man, if we start producing like hats and shirts, I think we need one that says, I'm not going to touch this game because yeah. we, we say that an awful lot, uh, but it's important that, because a lot of, a lot of betters out there think that you need to bet on every game and it's important to know when not to bet. You're saving yourself money sometimes when you choose not to bet. Yeah. That and hashtag meth town. That's, oh, yeah. that should totally be one of our shirts, man. <laughs> the the, the, the meth town hat needs to be in Raiders colors. Yeah. Yeah. Black Hell and silver yeah. For sure. Hell yeah. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. Or, or we got an alternate Buffalo one too. <laughs> oh yeah. Good call. You know, good call. Definitely got to get a Buffalo one in there. For sure. For sure. I'm Absolutely. sure Jacksonville is a meth town too. That looks like a meth. I've never been to Jacksonville. I'm I haven't sure. either, but it sounds like a meth town. But yeah, those those shirts will be coming any day now, guys. Absolutely. You guys wait for it. Wait for it. Uh, next, we got Jets at Denver. Denver's an 11-point favorite. I think this is your biggest point spread of the week. This is going to be a very pop popular survivor pick. Last eight times these two teams have played, Denver is 6-2 and two against the spread. Um, the Jets may be the worst team in the league, folks. It's, it's, it's time a lot, to accept that. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that could probably take that crown. It's it, – it, I think – I will feel confident telling you after week three who the yeah. worst team in the really? league is. Okay. If I had to say right now, I think I'd put my money on the Jets. See, I think it's Jacksonville all day long. They got a coach that doesn't even belong in the NFL. Yeah. I don't. I think he's going to be outclassed all year long until he goes to uh, <sighs> USC next year. All right. So we need to define what do we mean by worst team in the league. I think the Jaguars have by far a better roster yeah, yeah, than the yeah, Jets. Yeah. I think I'm saying who's going to look the saddest this year. Yep. Absolutely. And I think the Jaguars are going to look the saddest because I think they're going to quit on their coach if they haven't yep. already yep. halfway through the season. They're not going to start tuning that dumbass out yep. and not listening to his dumbass. I might agree with you there. I think the Jaguars roster is more talented than probably three or four rosters in the NFL. Look look at their roster, man. They've got some names um, on that team. 
but they're just terribly coached. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. yeah. It's a train wreck. He's out of his. He's out of his league. This ain't uh, college. When he he was in college at a time where you could pay players <laughs> under the table. I'm being serious, dog. You, this, <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact. He he, he was he was at, at, in college at a time where you could pay players under the table. And that kind of gave you a little a little boost. Then you had you know the the whole shenanigans with the uh, that dumbass coach that he had that Earl Bruce's uh, grandson mm. that was that definitely had a bunch of secrets that he just didn't want to let out and everything. That's why that guy continued to be in that in that program despite all the crazy shit that he did. Um, this is a different league now, man. Everybody's got you know five stars. Uh, the best of the best are playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. There's not that much of a gap between uh, rosters. As there, this isn't you're not playing fucking UConn, you right. know what I mean? Right. At home in front of a hundred thousand fans, you're playing against other grown men. They're getting paid, you know, several million dollars that want to, you know, get that paycheck. Yep. They give a shit about uh, Jacksonville. You know, this isn't yep. this isn't like that. So you're not playing against uh, one and two stars and, and five stars. These guys are all five stars. The best of the best make it to the NFL. That's true. And I think that we're, that coaching is incredibly important in NFL. And that's the razor thin edge of between winning and losing. One and fifteen. Or thirteen and four, you know, for sure. Uh, Denver's a tough place to play. I mean, you got that yeah, mile high yeah. air. That's a loud stadium. Um, I still mm-hmm. can't put my money on really either of these teams here. I, you guys may have noticed this. I just like to stay away from these large point spreads. I, I, I think there's just they're just too dicey here. Yeah, if if I had to pick, I'd, I'd go with the Jets. I don't think they're going to get beat points. by eleven. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, this might be the game of the week coming up yeah, here. We've got definitely. Tampa at the Rams. Um, I'm seeing a, uh, and tell me if you're seeing anything different on Odd Shark Chat, but I'm seeing a, a pick 'em or yeah. some places uh, Rams are minus one. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually the Buccaneers end up one point favorites here. Um, and they are Bavada, uh, a couple of different places. Nice. Uh, so there's their flip flop one one point favorites. So yeah, it's a pick 'em essentially. Okay, so here's a little strategy here, folks. Chad just said that we've got each team is a one point favorite. So how about a little six point teaser by putting them. Uh, six points where the Rams are plus one. So now you've got the Rams plus seven. And then you take plus seven for the Bucks on the other side. So now you've got a 14-point middle. So if either team wins by less than seven, um, you're going to cash on that teaser bet, or at least the first leg of that teaser yeah. bet. So that's something to consider out there. I love middling, and that's a great middle opportunity. When you got two different books, one team's a favorite at one book, and the other team's a favorite at another book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this, man. I, I think they're the best team in the league still um, until someone proves until somebody proves them wrong, proves me wrong. I know this is in L.A. Obviously, uh, they're going to have a little bit of a home field advantage there. Uh, I still think it's Tampa Bay, man. I think they're the class of the league. Uh, I expect them to go extremely far this year, if not win it again. But I'm going to take Tampa Bay there. I'm not going to take either side. I'm going to take the over here. The over is okay. 54 and a half, and here's why. Uh, the Rams don't have a great running game and their running backs are banged up, and the Buccaneers have probably the best run defense in the league. Mm -hmm. So I see Stafford throwing the ball fucking... I'm not joking. He could throw the ball 60 times in this game. Yeah, I mean, he probably will. Over 50 for sure. Yeah. Um. So if, if there's uh, prop bets out there, I know there are for for yeah. uh, Matthew attempts. Stafford attempts, completions, yards. Um. I'd be all over that. I think because of that, this is going to be a very high scoring game. And if you got Stafford throwing the ball 50 times on one side, that means Tom's going to be throwing the ball at least 40 or 50 on the other side. Um. I see back and forth fireworks. It's really a shame that this isn't a Sunday night or Monday night game because this is going to be a blast to watch. It's going to be game of the week. I can't wait to watch that game. It's a four o'clock start 
for Central Time for us, anyways. Yep. Or I'm sorry, that'll be a 3:25 start for us, right? Yeah. So yep. Four um, o'clock on the East Coast. Four o'clock yeah. on the East Coast, but that's gonna be a great game. Yeah, dude, that is a prime time matchup there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one here, we've got Seattle at Minnesota. Last I saw, tell me if this has changed at all, Chad. I saw Seattle as a one point favorite. Some places one and a half point favorite. What are you seeing on? Yeah, our I'm chart? seeing. I'm seeing a one point favorite right now as well. Um, me personally, I would take Seattle in this instance. Um, Minnesota looked pretty decent last week against uh, Arizona. Uh, they they kept that game close, and but I, I and I Seattle obviously had some trouble with Tennessee, which you called, I believe. Didn't you call that? Uh, yes, I absolutely yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think they were three and a half point favorites last week, and obviously did not cover that. Um, uh, oh, they were more. They were like uh, they ended at okay. six and a half. Oh, okay, by kickoff. Okay, they were six and they were, half. But by, by the time we recorded the show, I think it was five, five. Okay, and a half. I was gonna say yeah. five and a half. I think it was five and a half. But yep. uh, I would take Seattle in this instance. Um, Minnesota's gonna be desperate for a win. Both those teams are gonna be desperate for a win. For a win, I, obviously Seattle's already got one under the belt. Minnesota's gonna pull out all the styles. Mike Zimmer might be on the hot seat. And I don't know that that's totally fair because I think a lot of that goes with Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's a he's a great quarterback. I think he is an overpaid backup in my opinion, but yeah. that's that's my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I take Seattle. Uh, home teams are six and two ATS um, in the last eight two, eight times these teams have played. Uh, Minnesota is a tough place to play. I think when you think of the toughest places to play in the NFL, what do you think, Chad? Seattle obviously goes up on the list. Denver's probably got to be up there on the list. Um, I'd say Pittsburgh is probably up there on the list. Yeah. Because Minnesota is a newer stadium, I don't think people think of it as a top five tough places to play. I think it's borderline, though. Yeah. Uh, when those fans are rocking in that stadium, that's not an easy place to go. Um uh, I'm going to go Minnesota for sure, man. I think by the kickoff, this could be Minnesota as a one-point favorite as well. So if you agree with me and you like Minnesota, take it now while you're getting that extra point. Yeah. Um, Henry, Derek Henry just went through Seattle's defense like butter. And what reason do we have to believe that Dalvin Cook won't do the same thing against Seattle? Um, I think uh, Minnesota will control the time of possession and, and, and win that game. I can see that. Uh, next, we've got Green Bay at my San Francisco 49ers. Uh, three and a half or four point favorites here. In this series, the favorite team is six one and one against the spread. Uh, that trend favors the 49ers. 49ers have a lot of injured running backs. Um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, their depth is is going to be tested. Bakhtiari, the tackle, the Packers tackle is still out. Um, they've got a decent backup in his place, but I tell you what, man, Nick Bosa looks pretty damn good. Um, I lean toward the the 49ers covering here, um, but I don't think I'm going to touch this preflop. I'm going to wait and do some live betting on this game. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I, I'm surprised that that spread is so small. But I mean, I guess a lot of it is they're not freaking out over how Green Bay's looked so far this year. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd mess with that game. I think I'm with you. I don't think yeah. I'd touch that. I, if I had to pick, uh, I would say San Francisco's going to cover that, but I wouldn't mess with it. That's fair. All right, next last last game we have actually uh, Monday Night Football, Philadelphia at Dallas. This is one of my favorite games of the week, by yep. the way. Um, home teams have won the last five of these contests, um, ATS, and so that trend would favor Dallas here. Um, I just think when you whenever you've got two division teams that I think are pretty close together in terms of how good they are. Yeah. If you're gonna give me. Four points, three and a half in some places. Tell me if that's changed, Chad. Four points with Philly. Um, I'll take that all day with Philly on the road. Yeah, four and a half in some places. Yeah, so uh, I feel like that's kind of a large spread as well. I understand they're at home, but um, as Jesse said 
earlier in the uh, interview we had with him, Philly looked a lot better than they've they've definitely a team that's improved since last year. And as Jesse said, Jalen Hurts looked really good mm-hmm. in that game. I mean, his best pass of the day was probably an incompletion that uh, it looked like a touchdown, but the receiver stepped out of bounds. Um, I was really impressed with this guy. I mean, in week one, he looked even better. Um, watch out for Jalen Hurts for sure. Put the work in. You can tell you put the work in in the offseason, man, because he looks pretty good. Um, I would go with Dallas here. I understand, uh, um, you know, they're coming off a big emotional victory against the Chargers last week. Unfortunately, Dak kind of screwed me. Hmm. Uh, I put some money down on on his uh, uh, total uh, passing yards. I think it was at 310 and a half. I thought for sure he was going to hit that. Hmm. Chargers, I un- underestimated that Chargers defense because they played really well against him. Yeah. He only had like 230 or something like that, 220. Wasn't even close. Um I'm going to go with Dallas, man. I think they'll be juiced up. It's Monday night. Uh, it's, a, it's a divisional opponent. Um, they're going to want to make sure that they, uh, they you know, put the, st- uh, you know, put the, put the foot down, kind of uh, take over this game, take over the division, because these are two teams that are going to be uh, vying for this division, I think. I think this is going to mm-hmm. be a two-team race, in my opinion. It is going to be an early uh, indicator of who's going to win that division, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, like I said, I like the Eagles. Eagles are probably one of my favorite bets this week. Um uh, Eagles uh, and Chargers would be my two favorite bets, getting the points. And then I love, 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 love that teaser bet um, that I mentioned earlier, which would be the Browns just winning the game. Um, and uh, who is the other one that just had to win here? Let me pull it up. Cleveland bringing Cleveland from seven and a half down to seven and then Baltimore from seven and a half down to seven in a two-game teaser. If you want to be ballsy out there, throw Cincinnati in there. And then that brings Cincinnati up over 11. Um, I'm probably going to be teasing with Cincinnati all season because of the legend of Joey Backdoor. Joey Backdoor Burrow, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to get him on the show sometime. We're going to ask him if he likes butt, too. Uh, <laughs> How was, do you feel about that nickname, Joey? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, it's pretty uh, appropriate considering I love butt. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. That's it's great. Uh, some good matchups here week three. Yeah, NFL is just so exciting this year, man. We got so many uh, awesome storylines. I love the fucking parody in this league, man. Yeah. College, college football could, could take a couple notes from these guys, man. Yeah, no kidding. Keeps, it keeps things so exciting. Other than, you know, a handful of franchises, everyone feels like they can make the playoffs this year. Yeah. And so it's been so exciting so far this year, man. It's a great year to have NFL Sunday ticket, man. No you know doubt you got a mortgage damn house to get that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I've, been, no I've been eating SpaghettiOs for the last four weeks just so I can pay for this shit. I'm playing. But <laughs> I might. Nice. I might have to. You know what I mean? They jack it up too much higher. You know? Yeah. So uh, tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, all social media platforms. Let us know if we're full of, our, if we're full of shit. You know, if we know what we're talking about. Uh, or if you disagree or if you agree with what we're saying. Uh, Tony's got some great information, man. So if you're going to play some bets, you definitely want to listen to what this guy's saying. He uh, spends a lot of time coming through these stats and information to give you got some great information on all these uh, the games that we got here, man. So uh, we appreciate that. And you definitely want to make this a, a place to listen uh, before you put your bets down, man, because Tony's done a lot of research for you. Try to do some of that heavy lifting for you. And a great show today here, Chad. I mean, we talked to Jesse, who, who had some great insight. We've got a couple great guests coming up. You want to tell people about the two college basketball coaches? Yeah, we man. We're up? hitting the mid-majors hard, okay? Well, I've been busting my ass. We've been trying to get in contact with a lot of these mid-major programs, guys that were in a, in a tournament last year that we want to talk to, uh, get a feel for uh, where their teams are going to be at this year. Because with COVID, as we know, a lot of those guys got free years, so they can come back. Uh, now, 
we're going to see how that impacts them. Are they uh, are a lot of guys leaving the program because they got to transfer out because they they uh, want to go to bigger schools? Um, are are they getting some transfers in themselves? We're going to be talking to the head coach of the Eastern Washington Eagles, uh, Mr. David Riley. Uh, guy, young guy, thirty-two-year-old guy that um, just took over that program. Just took over the program four months ago, and so it's going to be great to talk to him, get a, a feel for his team coming into this year. Talk to him about how some of those transfers affect his squad, and then uh, what what he sees for his team in the Big Sky Conference coming up this year. They were a 14 seed last year. They went up against Kansas. They kind of controlled that game, that the entire game as a 14 seed going up against a three seed. And I thought they were going to win the game. I was remember watching that, and they looked really good. And uh, it's going to be interesting to talk to him, see how he thinks, how he likes our chances in the big sky. Then after that, we got a great interview with a program that I have been enamored with for years. I have loved this program for over a decade, and it's going to be great to get to talk to their head man, the head coach of the VCU Rams, Mike Rhodes. VCU is an awesome team. They're going to be playing in the battle for Atlantis this year, going against some of the big blue bloods and the college basketball world. And it's going to be great to see uh, how he likes their chances going into this year. They're a great team, a decent team last year. There's 19 and seven. They got a 10 seed. They're going up against Oregon in the first round. Unfortunately, they had some COVID BS and ended up having to forfeit that game. So they didn't even get to play, unfortunately. I had them winning a couple games, as I do almost every year. So it's going to be great to, to get to talk to their head coach, who I've never spoken to, obviously, nor have you and just get a feel for that program and how he uh, gets those guys motivated and everything. Because it's an awesome, awesome program that has now come onto the scene in the last decade or so. They were a team that no one really knew about. Now with Shaka Smart, now he was uh, Mike Rhodes was an assistant coach at uh, at VCU uh, when Shaka Smart was there for a few years. He went to Rice, had some great success there, took that program from the the basement uh, of their league and, and made them into a 23 win program. And now he's back at VCU. He's been there for five years. It'd be great to see if he's going to still implement some of those, some of those uh, staples that we know of from VCU, which is the full court press, the defensive pressure. And then also, you know, the game's changed a little bit. So let's talk to him about if they're spacing the floor a little bit more, what type of team they're going to have this year, because they, their schedule is brutal, you know? Yeah. And, and they're going to be, they're brutal for some of these other teams too. Cause I don't think a lot of teams want to play VCU either yeah. so it's gonna be great to talk to two of these big mid-major coaches and see what their teams are gonna be like well what i like about having them both in the same episode is they're two very different coaches they're both successful um, and have been but they're two different coaches who have different styles yep. you know one's one's a little bit younger um the other one's a little bit more old school um so it's gonna be cool to get two different perspectives from two guys um who have done so well in their coaching career so far yeah and we've got a couple other mid-major coaches coming up hopefully some some major coaches as well coming up. We like to talk to these mid-major programs that don't get too much uh, glory or uh, media attention and everything like that. Find out what makes their programs tick and who who are the guys that are leading them. It's going to be awesome, man. We've got a lot of college coaches. We want to start getting into college basketball preview because, as you know, in just a few short, short weeks, they're going to be starting uh, camp. I think they start camp. Some teams have already started camp, but a yeah. lot of them are going to be starting next week. And we're going to be getting into the season here in about a month. So college basketball is going to be great again this year. And so sure. uh, we're, we're super excited about uh, who we got coming on the program, man. So uh, before we go, let's uh, tell everybody about Odd Shark uh, one last time. Odd Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Odd Shark has that too, and it's free. In-depth expert analysis, stats, numbers, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. Whether you want to check out tonight's football odds, this week's hockey or basketball trends, or anything in between, head on over to Odd Shark and start thinking like a shark today. 
That's where we got all of our information from today. Great resource. You got to check them out. Absolutely. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at DNPCD Show, at DNPCD Sports on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Facebook as well. Yeah, give us a follow. Give us a, a subscribe. Hit the subscribe. The, the subscribe button. Let's try there that one go. more time. You act like I got drunk during this motherfucker <laughs> or something. Hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends about the show. Follow us on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the program. We got a great show for you again next week. For Tony, I am Chad. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace out. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.